Right, are we all ready to go? Yeah. Yep. Okay, let's go. Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your Kylite fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. I'm Mike Booth. And I'm Dan McLennan. Contracts, friendlies, transfer rumours and your questions answered. There's no game to talk about but we're still going to sit here and talk absolute nonsense for well over an hour to keep you entertained. That's the Brunton Bugle for you. I didn't even put that that's the Brunsel Bugle for you bit into the <laughs> script but I realise it's quite a short intro this week because we, we, we haven't got like sort of set subjects really have we to talk about so it's a yeah. it's a difficult one yeah it's a first episode in what two three weeks oh, it's two weeks isn't it yes two weeks um, how are you both doing? Yeah well, good I- just don't, don't know what to do without sort of football you know but I spent yeah, half there. an hour sorting my freezer out earlier <laughs> oh, the excitement! <laughs> you know, you know when you need to go through your freezer because you've got like stuff yes. that you've chucked in, and you're like, that froze out about nine months ago. I better chuck yeah. it now. One I, I had some fish fingers the other day that went out of date about six months ago, and I'm still oh, alive. So, oh, very good. See, uh, for, uh, we moved into this house what just over. Well, just under four years ago now, and I've still not got around to defrosting the freezer. So, we, well, one of the drawers is actually in a cupboard upstairs because it doesn't actually fit into the freezer because there's so much ice in there. So, so yeah, that, there's boring uh, middle-aged <laughs> chat for you there. Just to open yeah, up the podcast this week. Why, why don't you do it and then update us when we do an episode around the fixture release? Maybe I will do. Maybe I'll actually get around to eating what's in there. But from is. We always go shopping when the yellow sticker section in Tesco is rammed. Wow. And as soon as we're in, they're like, right, let's let's buy that mince and freeze that, even though we don't really need it, but there you go. Um, I, I think we should probably stop this right there. And then yeah, but before on. I start talking about bulk buying meat and freezing it and stuff. Indeed, yeah. indeed. Um, before we get on to everything, uh, just a quick reminder, as we revealed last week, uh, two weeks ago even, sorry, um, the London Branch is going to sponsor the podcast again next season. That's the Cali United Sports Club London Branch. Uh, they're open to all Cali United fans. Got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston, Singapore, of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips as well as arranging many social events sports games and fundraising for the club um next season as they did throughout last season they'll be providing us with a bit of information for away games as part of the preview section and uh, you can find out more about the london branch at carlislondonbranch.org i would heartily recommend if you are a xl kind of outside the county to consider signing up because they, they, they do really fantastic fundraising in the club and like i said if you go to away games as well they, they, they've always got really good advice in terms of stuff like that He's speaking as a man who, who's forgot to renew his thing for quite a while now, so I'll have to get around to that anyway. Um, well, let's get into the news then, lads. So this week, obviously, I should explain, actually, this week's episode. So what we're going to do is, because there's no matches to talk about and talking of signings is a little bit thin on the ground still, although we might t- discuss a few rumours and things like that. Um, basically, we're going to do a new section. We're going to do maybe a little roundup on a, how that remaining loanee got on as well. Uh, we're going to talk about the League 2 lineup for next season and how we think it's uh, fared up and how annoyed we are that the two Southern teams were the ones that managed to get relegated in the end from uh, League 1. Um, and 
also we're, we're going to answer your questions so we asked about two weeks ago i think it was done wasn't it i think for listener questions for this episode yeah uh and we've we've picked uh, a selection yes. what we will say is there was two or three questions about kits we're going to put a tweet up with a link to our kit special Yes, there's a lot of a lot of those questions were sort of covered in that. So. Yeah. We do need to do a kit special on the away kits, though, don't we? Because we haven't actually done. Yeah, that. we've yeah. only done home kits. But there you go. Um, right. Well, let's get straight into the news section because we've got we have got actually a little bit to fit in this episode. To be fair, um, we're going to start with a bit of sad news, aren't we? Unfortunately, um, one in particular was quite shocking news, wasn't it? When it emerged not long ago, um, former Blues forwards Frank Clark and Craig Farrell have both passed away in in recent weeks. Um, I mean, we'll talk about Clark first. He was one of the famous five Clark brothers that all played uh, in the Football League, didn't they? Um, Alan, Derek, Kelvin and Wayne. Um, Alan, probably the best name, wasn't he? I think he played for Leeds United in England. Yeah. An incredible scoring rate, uh, for, uh, both um, international and club level. Um, interesting, actually, his brother Derek played for United as well. He was a one-game wonder. He came on loan and played one game towards the end of his career. But unfortunately, I think Frank had actually left the club by then, so they didn't get to play with each other, which is quite sad. Um, yeah, uh, he began his career at Shrewsbury Town. He earned legendary status there, though. He scored 77 goals in 188 appearances sorry, for the club. Uh, he had then spells at QPR and Ipswich Town, where he played in the first division. But then uh, he made the move up to Cumbria, stayed with the club for five years. He scored 30 goals in 126 appearances. I think the, the, the key thing here, though, Dan, is that he was part of the, the team that got promoted the, to the uh, first division. For the first time, and he was the top scorer, wasn't he? In that, yeah, that season, yeah, he yeah. got uh, sixteen from thirty-six, didn't he? So it's quite a good rate, really. Not nearly one in two, basically. And you know, we <laughs> weren't saying exactly... no to one of them. <laughs> yeah, we we we, we were a, a free-scoring side, even really back then. Even I mean, no, no. He, he struggled a bit more in the first division, as as did the whole team, really, in terms of scoring goals. He was coming towards the end of his career at that point, really. But um, bear in mind back then as well, defenders could get away with GBH. Oh, yeah. Like, so <laughs> yeah. A, a, good, a good, like, goal-scoring run back then is is very impressive by uh, yeah. today's standards. Yeah, he did it really all. Well. Uh, after retirement, he returned to Shropshire uh, to run a sports centre. Um, after retirement from football, and then he obviously retired um, from, from working. Um, he was 79 at uh, the time of his death. Uh, as we'd say, condolences to his family. A, a true Carl United legend, I think it's very fair to say. Um, I think Farrell's passing, it's fair to say, Mike is... Much more shocking news, isn't it? Only, yeah, only, only 39, 39 years yeah. old. I mean, we don't have any details in death, and we're not going to pry into that. We're not interested. It's just sad news all around, isn't it? Um, mm. Yeah, he was born in Middlesbrough, um, came up through the Leeds United Academy. He did have a spell in Borough's Academy, but as was quite often the case back then, Leeds United had a habit of poaching quite a lot of players from Middlesbrough, didn't they? Obviously, Jonathan Woodgate had been another one of them. Um he he never made a professional appearance for for Leeds United, and then he, he came on loan to um, the Blues. I think it was it September October twenty uh, two thousand two. I think it would have been. It was under Roddy Collins, wasn't it? It was yeah. Roddy Collins' <clears throat> first season when John Courtney was in charge. He came in on loan at the same time as John Sutton. I seem to remember, and the, 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 the actually it was weird. We had a, an on loan strike partnership, didn't we? Because I think Richie Foran maybe was struggling a little bit of an injury at that point, and. Um, he really made an impact, four goals in his first seven games and that convinced the club to play a, a small fee to, to sign him permanently from, from Leeds. He'd go on to score 24 goals in 96 appearances, exactly a one in four scoring rate. And as you pointed out on, um, I think, social media, Dan, th- that was quite impressive considering how poor of a side we were back then, wasn't it? 
Oh, we were doggo. We were doggo back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Remember the famous game at Wrexham mm. where we got beat 6-1 and Roddy Collins was less than uh, complimentary, shall we say? Well, Farrell was dropped for that game, wasn't he? Because I think he, he, mm. he played the Peeps game and you didn't feature and he made some comments. We're not going to go to the comments now. It's, it's you know, but it, yeah, it, it wasn't overly helpful. I think, remember, we, we went, we played a sports game that day, didn't we? Yeah. And uh, we were coming back after that 6-1 defeat and we were all saying how we weren't overly impressed with uh, Roddy's comments about Farrell that day, I think it's fair to say. Um, but yeah, he, 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 I think he finished top scorer in at least two of the seasons I think he was uh, with us. I think his first season, and I think the season we got relegated to the uh, conference, I think him and Brendan Beagle both finished on seven goals, which incredible when you think about your top scorers in a league season being on seven goals, isn't it? But, um, but yeah, he didn't feature as much in the conference season, did chip in with a few important goals though, and then left the club to join Exeter City. He would uh, go on to further play for York City, which I think he's probably best remembered in, in his career as he spells with us and York. Um, Oxford United, Russian and Diamonds, AFC Telford United, Hinkley United, Blythe Spartans and Whitby Town before retiring in 2015. And same with Frank's family. We, we, we pass on our best wishes and condolences to yeah. Yeah. Craig's family at this really difficult time. Okay, well, let's um, move on to the other news then. Um, first up, we've got two more friendly fixtures confirmed, haven't we? So um, we, we were waiting, obviously, for the, the bigger clubs to be announced that we were going to be facing. Because, um, obviously, last time out, we found out we were playing against Workington, Penrith and Kendall. But we've now got two games against League One opposition confirmed, haven't we, Dan? Yeah, we've got Bolton at home on Saturday the 16th. Mm. And Morecambe away. <laughs> Markable away is a friendly, good grief. It's on weird, Saturday the twenty third. It's weird about this because you, generally you don't play away from home in friendlies against teams from higher divisions, do you? Really? Mm. I mean, mm. I think I can only think of one other time before in recent times when we did it, which I think was against Bradford. I think maybe four or yeah, five years yeah. ago. I remember that one. Um, but I, I almost wonder if one with Morecambe, maybe they're struggling to get a game against someone. And they thought. Well, Carlisle always, always used to bring 1,200. Yeah, Carlisle would bring 500 for <laughs> yeah, the friendly. Yeah, they'll easily bring for. I mean, I, I I get back two days before that from my honeymoon, so it'll be yeah. the only pre-season frame, friendly I'll probably get to. Yeah. I, I, I miss the Bolton one myself because I'm at a gig in London that weekend. So, so yeah, so t- two interesting friendlies. Um, I, I, I've heard a few people complaining. I, I think I don't have a problem with them. I think it's two good tests. It's certainly there better is. than playing Halifax, isn't it? There is also a date on the fixture list for Tuesday the 19th. Yes. But one mm. team it won't be, which had been rumoured, is Sunderland. Yes. Because they released their pre-season today and we don't feature in it. I think they're playing... Bradford. Is it me, Bradford? Yeah. Bradford, Bradford yeah, on that date. Yeah, so, yeah, so uh, interesting to see. Like I said, I think it's two decent tests that actually are much, much better than playing a Premier League team who comes and just batters you really, isn't it? It's mm. not really... Yeah. yeah, it's nice for the coffers, but doesn't really tell you much about the season ahead, as does playing a team of uh, National League trialists, basically, as we found out last summer. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that'll go down as one of the weirder uh, decisions you'll ever <laughs> see. But there you go. So there you go, pre-season friendlies. Hopefully we'll have a bit more news by the time the fixtures comes out in terms of any other games. Um, contract news. So we've got the contract divisions confirmed. We, we, we thought it was going to come at the end of May, and it pretty much did. I think it's a little bit after, wasn't it, for one of them. But... Um, Two stay, two go, Mike. Uh, mm. Are you at all surprised? Obviously, it's Taylor Charters and Brendan Dickinson have both signed up till the summer of 2023. Joe Riley, we already knew, turned down a deal. 
Um, but Magnus Norman has also turned down his chance to stay with the club. Um, yeah, well, any I'm, surpri- I'm surprised with Norman because, you know, I, I'm not entirely convinced that... I mean, fair play to his agent if he can, but if he can get a better offer than us, you know, I because mean, he's got a baby on the way as well, hasn't he? So it's a bit of a, a bold he move an- from him. He announced that after the, the contract news, though, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So um, I wonder if he has something lined up. Yeah, Could be and, and the other the other one, obviously, uh, Dickinson, uh, I think it was announced about two days after one of them Twitter accounts said that he <laughs> turned, it, turned <laughs> yeah, the contract yeah, down. Yeah. Very sure um, but like, yeah, we've, we've all said there is a player in there with Dickinson. There's no dispute in that. I think we haven't seen him sort of cement down a position as his own. Um, and to be honest, like he knows he's not a fan favourite and... For, he could have easily got another club in the football league, and yeah. you know, for him to stay and be like, "No, I want, I want to prove a point." That that takes guts, and and I respect that. And you know, as long as he wears a, a blue shirt, I'm I'll get behind him. You know, and I hope other fans can as well. Two things stand out for me with for this thing. Obviously, you mentioned their Norman a bit. I mean, Taylor Chatter signing not really a massive surprise. He's done really mm. well at Gateshead, and it sounds like he's a good chance for him to try and work out what his best position is because. Simo's comments interestingly mentioned about two or three different positions he could possibly play. So maybe they just want to try and work that out and get him more developed into that role. Um, Magnus Sorman, yeah, I, I think you you mentioned this, Dan, that you do wonder if he's maybe got like a, a National League, sort of London South East-based club. There's, lined there's, up a lot of, there's a lot of National League teams in London. You know, you've got Barnet, area. Barnet, Dagenham, Wealdstone. Uh, there's there's one there's, there's loads in that area, so I, I I just wonder if he's he's got something in with having a little and on the way he wants to go home. Maybe the contract length was a bit of an issue as well, obviously, because we've noticed that both Charters and Dickinson have signed one year deals. If Norman's mm. offered that, maybe he's looking for not so much a bigger wage, but he's looking for a little bit more security, isn't he? Maybe that you never know mm. with these things. Dickinson, I, I completely agree. I think it's fair play to the lad. And, you know, yes, towards the end of the season, he looked a little bit ropey in a couple of games. But as I think Simo himself pointed out, he wasn't really fair on him, playing him as a central midfielder. That should really be a bit of a slight on, you know, Danny Devine as much as anything. He should look mm-hmm. at him, you know, Simo prefers to play a left winger, a left wing back in centre midfield. He was struggling a little bit in some of those games than play me. Probably tells you all you need to know there. Um but yeah, with Dickinson, I, I, I think, yeah, fair play, lad. And actually, Simo's comments are very revealing because he sounded really chuffed that Dickinson had decided to stay, didn't he? And he recognises the good player there. And I, I think he always backs himself to get someone playing a bit better, doesn't he, sir? You look back to his first time in charge. Chris Billy, a lot of our fans, prior to Simo getting really going, weren't big fans of Billy. But he made him in, well, not saying made him into, but he, he worked on him and got him playing to the level he was capable of that he would shown previously against us and things like that. So, so yeah, it's, it's one of those ones. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, Dan, do you know what your thoughts are in terms of the contracts? Um, pretty much as expected. I think people would have liked Joe Riley to stay, but mm. it's not the biggest loss if he goes, as, as we said last time. Uh, Norman, it certainly means that we need keepers. Yeah. Because we've got the two first year pros. The big question is, do we go for all out for a good number one and sort of 
take it in terms with the young boys on the bench for experience, you know, maybe send them out for a month loan in alternate. Yeah. Or do we go for two similar to push each other? Yeah, that's that's the way one way of looking at it. Um well we've covered the contract piece. So before we go on to talking about um the Lee Two lineup and uh Justin Abraham's uh success, shall we say, uh with Grimsby Town, let's talk about some of the transfer rumours. Because um obviously the only one confirmed so far is Owen Moxon in terms of signing, but there's quite a few whispers and rumours now, isn't there? That players have been signed up, but we just haven't announced them. <laughs> and it's basically, they're just waiting for the, the confirmation. If you actually look back a couple of seasons ago, we did quite similar, didn't we? We announced them all over a week. Basically. The transfer window officially opens on Friday when you should all mm. be listening to this. Yes, so it'd be interesting to see if there's maybe a couple announced then, possibly. Yeah. Think, thinking back, I mean, you know, it's a good few years ago, and I'm pretty sure that Simo used to sort of announce them more or less when the window opened, which could was... Be. Um, could be. Could, but, could. Because pe- pe- people are sort of a bit, oh, you know, we've only signed one, other clubs are signing players. Two of our early window signings last season were Zach Clough and Tristan Abrams, so yes. let's not, yes. you know, yeah, let's, let's be careful what you wish for. Indeed. So, yeah, um, so... Basically, the, the the crack is there's a few players signed up and uh, they're just waiting to confirm them uh, publicly. I put a list of six players here. Now, these are, there's there's dozens and dozens of players we've been linked with on those daft Twitter three, three of them are goalkeepers, aren't they? Yes, yeah. So, basically, there's, there's dozens of players we've been linked to us on these Twitter accounts. Dan, you're keeping a really good list of how these ridiculous rumours as they come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But... These six names have all been linked very strongly and from good sources that we've heard, isn't it, aren't they? So we'll we'll go through them and discuss some of them. First up, I mean, we'll, we'll, in fact, I've got done in this order, but I'm gonna we'll start with the goalkeeper, shall we? Because there's, there's, like mm. you said, Dan, there's three of them there. So first up, uh, a, a lad from the northeast, but he's been playing in the southwest uh, over the last couple of seasons. Sean McDonald. I, I got excited when I saw this. Go for is that the lad who played for Swansea? He was a very good and Bournemouth. No, 33 in the League of Wales now. I, know, that's exactly, I found that one. When, <laughs> when, when I was looking up, I was like, oh, it's not him, obviously. But, um, we all did the same, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, so Sean McDonald, goalkeeper at Torquay United. I think he was one of their players of the season last he year. He was player of the season at Torquay, and I think he's one of them who's who's ready for the step up by all accounts. Uh, he's ex-Gateshead and Blythe. Mm-hmm. He knows John Mellish from Gateshead a few yeah. years ago. They follow each other on Twitter. It's not a new thing for those who like to ratch about such things. Can't come on that myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, he certainly ticks the right boxes. He's about 25-ish. Yeah. Similar to Norman then, yeah. He's wanting to become a number one. He, he ticks a lot of boxes, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. he's, he's an interesting one, isn't he? Mm. Um, as is one of the other goalkeepers, uh, Thomas Holy. The Ipswich Town goalkeeper, I think he's just been released by Ipswich Town. He's also been linked. Uh, interesting fact about him, he's six foot nine inches tall. <laughs> he's massive. He is absolutely huge. It's funny, if you go and look at his Wikipedia page, his photo is hilarious though, because it's, it's literally just the top of his head is what you see in the picture thing. And it's it's, it's kind of like, you know, someone messaged me and said, <laughs> where was the photo taken? The International Space Station. It's like, <laughs> it looks ridiculous. But... I mean, that's an interesting one, isn't it, Mike? Just coming out of nowhere, really. I moved from Ipswich to the Blues. Someone who certainly grabbed a few headlines in terms of his height, wouldn't he? Yeah, I mean, he started off at Sparta Prague, didn't he? Mm. Which, and so he's had quite a bizarre route into 
English football. Uh, but I mean, he's 30, and I think he hasn't played a lot of football for a 30-year-old. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. No, you, you do find that with goalkeepers, though, don't mm. you? Really, you've got to be careful when you're judging them because because mm. they, they they take different routes. They like someone like Magnus Norman's what 25, and he's only played a handful of games, doesn't he? So mm. that, that can happen. Um, he would be. Would he be our second Czech goalkeeper to have played for us? I think after the uh, the legendary Spiegel was he Czech, wasn't he? No, he's Swiss. No, he's Swiss. He's Swiss. You're right. Sorry, I do apologize. So would he be our first Czech player, actually? Then I don't know if we've had a Czech player. We've had a Czech trialist before. Yeah, I remember that. Was he? No, that wasn't he a Slovakian. The, no, we've had a, we've had a we've had a Czech as well. I'm sure we have. Uh, okay, well there you go. So he, he could be our first Czechoslovakian player. I'll have to. Well, Czechoslovakian that doesn't exist. Well, he, he was born in Czechoslovakia. To be fair, it was still existing uh, when yeah, he was yeah. born. But uh, first Czech Republic player, basically potentially playing for us. So uh, he'd be an interesting one. But yeah, he's one who's been linked. Um, and and the third goal could be one that both me and you heard a while ago, Dan, isn't it? Um, one from one of your Scottish lists, isn't it? Yeah, uh, young keeper at Queen of the South. Josh Ray, I think he's only about 21, mm. but uh, although Queen of the South got relegated, this lad actually sort of kept them in the battle, by all yeah. accounts, yeah, for, for a number of weeks. He, again, he was pretty much a player of the year, despite his young age, and the whisper on Pye and Bovel, I think it was, which I often uh, mm. have a read on, uh, there was whispers he could be coming down the A75. We've, we've not heard anything since. It could just be talk. Yeah. Maybe it was a ruse to get a better deal or he's been tapped up higher up. But again, he would... He would... I think he would come in if we went all out on a bigger number one, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah with the intention of him challenging them to potentially get yeah. a number one spot. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd agree with you on that one. It'd be a certainly be an interesting one if he came in. Like you said, problem is he's only what a year or two older than Simons and Breeze, so mm. you do wonder with that. That's why that's why I'm I'm a little bit more skeptical on that one. I think than yeah, some of the other yeah. names that have been linked. Uh, so that's your three goalkeepers. Um, moving on to the others, um, you've got a, a winger and two midfielders. Uh, we'll start with the one that seems almost certain has been done. Because of the amount of people who've said they've heard of him having medicals and things like that, uh, Fulham midfielder Sonny Hilton, who uh, is allegedly joining on a season-long loan from the newly promoted Premier League side, uh, another interesting one that Dan isn't it? He's um, he's not. <laughs> I tell you what, if he does sign and Thomas Holy signs, I want them stood next to each other on the squad photo <laughs> start season because yeah. he's about five foot six, isn't he? He's a, he's a little lad. By all accounts, he's got a bit of bite about him, and his record for Fulham in the Premier League Two is pretty decent, isn't it? Yeah, he's got a number of goals and assists last season. Mm. I think he had a couple of strikes in their goal of the season, which is on mm. the Fulham Academy YouTube. Uh, he certainly looks like, and obviously, them going up to the Premier League, I don't think he's at Premier League level. No. But that's obviously a good thing for us if we're in for him. He had a low spell in Finland uh, towards the end of last season. I think he spent a few months there. He's. Um, I've he's... always a lot of respect for young lads who are prepared yeah. to go abroad on yeah, road. Was was it? I think who else did one? Peter Kraus did it at the start of his career, didn't he? he went to Sweden, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, he's not a Londoner. He's from from Liverpool originally. He was in Tranmere's academy. 
So um, interesting to see if anything comes of that. But it, I, I think because he's what he's twenty one now, is he? I think I think he might have been, or, or maybe twenty two. I can't remember. He might have been involved in some of the England youth setups that Simo was involved in. So again, that could be where mm. some of his contacts have come into into very good use, isn't it? Um, mm. Next up is a name that it seems to have been linked with us quite a bit over the last month or two, Mike. Harry Chapman. Mm. Now, he is someone who definitely has been involved with Sivir in England set up before, isn't he? Yeah, and he'd be a very, very good signing, to be honest with you. He he hasn't really sort of kicked on at Blackburn. Mm. Um, but, you know, if Simo's worked with him before, Simo will probably back himself to be the one who can get the get the most out of him. Yeah, I mean, he, he started out in Middlesbrough. He was part of that England under-20 uh, team that won the World Cup. Um didn't quite work out for him at Middlesbrough. Hasn't really quite worked out for him at Blackburn. He had a loan spell last season at um, Burton Albion, mm. I think. Was it for the whole season? Because I think he might have actually played alongside... Um, what's his name? Patrick. Uh, Patrick, yeah, when mm. he was there. So, I mean, he's had a few other loan spells throughout his career. Loan spells at Shrewsbury Town as well. Do you know who he reminds me of? Who? Both in the club he came from and his sort of thing. Yeah. Alex Marrow. Yes. Now... I'm hoping if he does come, he doesn't turn out like Alex Manor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. There's a, there's a tweet from a northeast journalist suggesting that, uh, despite rumours of the contrary, Chapman has not agreed a deal with Carlo. One hasn't even been in the pipeline as things stand either. Still available. That's uh, Paul Fraser who's tweeted that. He is a northeast football journalist, so possibly there may be nothing in this one. But um, the other worry I've got with him is. I just get ever so slight Zach Clough vibes with him. Not quite as experienced as Clough and not obviously the big transfer fees, but there's just that feeling like, ooh, would he, could he, you know, we got so excited about Clough last season. I'm all, you're going to be wary every time now we sign mm-hmm. one of these players who've never, who's just lost their way a little bit and is dropping down to our level. So it's a tough one to judge. Whether he will sign or not, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if anything happens there. Um, the final one, uh, Dan, is one who he seems to have been linked with us every single transfer window for about the last two or three years. Uh, young Josh McPake from Rangers, who you know a bit about as well. Yeah, uh, Josh McPake uh, went to <coughs> Tranmere and Markham, was it, last season? Yeah. Yes. It didn't, didn't really happen for him uh, in the second of those spells. Uh 20-year-old winger, hmm. he, oh, he's 21, uh, end of August, I think it is. I mean, I'm just looking, he only played five games for Morecambe, 14 for Tranmere. He did a lot better at Harrogate the season before. Uh, he's A lot was thought of him at Rangers, but I don't think he's at that level. Uh, yeah. He's Everyone knows I would love to see more Scottish players. And I think he's the sort it would be worth maybe having a go on. But, you know, there's others in for him as well, isn't there? It's just a weird one because every loan spell he has, bar that one at Harrogate, just doesn't go well. He just he doesn't play anywhere near enough football and it's you just wonder. No, no, that, could, that could be any number of reasons, to be fair. You know? it, it could be, to be fair. But I mean, I'm just looking at it now. I don't know how long his contract is at range. He's only 20 still. He turns 21 at the end of August. But... You do almost wonder for someone like him, is it better to move away permanently from Rangers rather than keep on with these loan spells that don't work out? But maybe being a little bit closer to home at United might actually help him a little bit. But yeah, 
you don't know them. So that's that's the the six that have been linked. And as as we obviously recall, they revealed that it looks like Chapman might not be a player we're after, but you, you never know on these things. Um, so let's move on to the load updates quickly. Let's bash through this one. Tristan Abrams. Well, well, well. It's uh, been a dramatic few weeks for him. I think it's fair to say. I mean, his involvement's been a little bit more limited, but he's still been a part of a. Uh, the Grimsby Town side that's got back to the EFL at the first time of asking and against all odds, really, because they're the first side to finish sixth or seventh. They actually finished, I think they finished sixth in the end. So they're the first side that's um, finishing one of those positions to go up via the playoffs in the National League. Obviously, the National League players are a little bit different to ours. They have quarterfinals, then semis, then a final, basically, because six teams are involved in it. Um, but the f- three games they played in, especially the first two, and the middle one more than any. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous games, weren't they, Dan? I mean, the yeah. first up was obviously Notts County. And Notts County were doing pretty well towards the end of last season. So you'd, you'd have fancied them maybe with some of the plays they had mm. to do it. But um, despite being 1-0 up on 73 minutes, Grimsby grabbed a 90th minute equaliser from Gavin Hoolahan, which was assisted by the goalkeeper. From a corner, or <laughs> something like that. He he did he didn't know what he was doing, but he he did play a sideways pass to Hulan to, to score the goal, and then they grabbed a hundred nineteenth minute winner through Emmanuel Diazure. I, I said that right, haven't I? I hope yeah, I said that much. right. Yeah. But uh, yes, yeah, so he got a hundred nineteenth minute winner in extra time, setting through to the semi-finals. Tristan actually came on as a eighty-first minute sub in that game. Um, I mean, the game against Wrexham, where do you even... The Wrexham game, well, they, were, they went 1-0 down, 2-1 up, 3-2 down. One of the goals was a handball, we should say that, at this point. Yeah. Because, uh... 4-3 up, 4-all, and then Luke Waterfall got it in with a minute to go in extra time. Against his former club as well, I think <laughs> yeah. it was, wasn't it, Luke Waterfall? Was it, was it Luke Waterfall? One of them, anyway. At least yeah, was Waterfall was at Wrexham, yeah. yeah. I think two of them at Wrexham. Actually. He only Wrexham, played Wrexham. a couple of games for them, like, but... Yeah, but I mean, it, an absolutely ridiculous game. I mean, the, the chama, I, I watched that, basically, I was supposed to be doing stuff in the garden. I hope Megan's not listening to this. But um, I, I basically put it off for a little bit because uh, I started watching it. I was like, wow, this game's engrossing. And it genuinely was because I've watched some National League games on BT Sport and you have as well, Dan, for quite a bit. And I've, I've ne- I'm, I'm never convinced about the, the, what people say, oh, that, you know, they're as good as the uh, teams in League 2. I'm, I'm not 100% convinced by that claim. But this game is as good as any game I've seen in League 2 for a long time. It was a really good game of football. Very direct, but entertainment-wise, it was brilliant. And yeah, I, I, think, I, th- I think what it is with the National League, I would say probably the top 8 to 10 teams are League 2 level. Yeah. And the remaining aren't. Yeah. You, 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 you're probably right with that. And I think some, some of the teams in the top 8 might struggle a bit, but going full-time, Solihull Moors and people like that might find it a bit tougher when they get into League 2 level. But, but yeah, they, I, 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 I generally probably agree on that one. Um, but, yeah, so that's just a ridiculous game of football with Ryan Reynolds and um, Rob McElhenney there to feel the d- despair, having lost... Did you, their... see, did you see the offside goal with them? Yes, the one at Wembley in the FA Trade yeah. final. More on that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, there you go. Uh, so yeah, uh, Bluesman, former Bluesman, sorry, Aaron Hayden. Um, yeah, facing up to another season in non-league football with Wrexham. Penny for his thoughts right now. 
Yeah. He's probably wiping his tears with his <laughs> £20 notes, though, to be fair. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look, you know what, you, you never blame a player for doing that and moving away, but no. it's more the way it was done. The fact that Wrexham did it literally the day before the first game of the season, which was a big game for us. And I think someone like Hayden actually plays in that game, we probably win it because we had quite a few set pieces and you know what a danger he is on them. But as it was, we had to change the team at the last second and it, it, it didn't work and we drew nil-nil and yeah, it all went downhill from there. I'm not saying that would have you know changed our season, but it can have an effect, can't it? Um, so yeah, they got to the final where they travelled to West Ham United's London Stadium facing up against Solihull Moors. Um, they finished third in the regular season. Wrexham finished second and unsurprisingly, they were the bigger favourites to win the playoffs. Um but, uh, but yeah, it was the, the Moors that took the lead in this game as well. And it looked like we were going to get a new team in the Football League. But uh, the Marrows drew level and then grabbed the winner in the 111th minute. Uh, Tristan came on in this game as a 101st minute sub. Uh, his main contribution was uh, getting a booking for time wasting. <laughs> and it was a very funny booking there, so it's fair play to him. I think also getting booked in this game for a bit of time wasting was uh, another former blue. Max Crocombe in goals for... Mm. So congratulations to him. He's really rebuilt his career, hasn't he? Uh, Since returning back to England. Um, So there you go. Uh, Fantastic for the Mariners. Um, Great news for Tristan as well. It's interesting to see what happens next, though, isn't it, Dan? Because One place I won't be in a rush to go to watch us next season unless it's to win the league. (laughs) (laughs) It's not not the best away end, I think it's fair to say. uh... I I remember one score, just going off topic slightly, on a... Saturday in mid-December mm. after doing a Friday night shift at the place I worked back then. So I finished work, got home, changed, went on the train, went to Cleethorpes. The fog was coming in off the sea. <laughs> it was dark by half two, and the only thing open was the chip shop, and that was it. Cracking chip shop, though, that one near the ground. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. good cracking chip shop. Um, but, yeah, so I mean, the big question right now, Dan, is do they sign permanently or not? I mean, Simo's... Not said he's available for transfer, but he's kind of hinted. Look, if if if, if clubs come in for players, Paul, Paul Simpson basically said he expects everyone back for training. Yeah. If and they all have a chance under him. If people want to move, they can go and see him yeah. and say, "Look, uh, Grimsby want to keep me. Can we come to a deal?" And I'm I'm pretty sure we'd just let them take his contract on as such. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing I'd imagine. So, interestingly, because obviously he didn't he didn't actually start that many games for Grimsby, but he, he seems a fairly popular player from what what we've seen. So, uh, so there you go. Um, so that's the update on the uh, the final loan update of the the season. Um, next up, before we get, uh, have the halftime break, the final League Two lineup is sorted as a result of that <coughs> game. So, Dan, you, you've got a way of going through these. You think so? Um, take it away. Yeah, uh, we've got. Going out to the conference at Oldham and Scunthorpe. Yeah. And coming in at Stockport and Grimsby. Yeah. Going up to League One, we have Forest Green, Exeter, Bristol Rovers and Port Vale. Mm. And joining us, we've got Gillingham, Doncaster, Wimbledon and Crew. Yeah, there you go. That's the big changes for this season. So, the, obviously, the full lineup: you're Wimbledon, Barrow. Wimbledon goes first because it's AFC, which just annoys me, but there you go. <laughs> AFC, Wimbledon, Barrow, Bradford, ourselves. Colchester, Crawley, Crew, Doncaster, Gillingham, Grimsby, Harrogate, Hartlepool, Leighton Orient, Mansfield, Newport, Northampton, Rochdale, Salford, Stevenage, Stockport, Sutton, Swindon, Tranmere, Walsall. 
any games you're particularly looking forward to from that? Obviously, we'll have the fixtures next time. Any trips you're looking forward to, maybe? The first thing I notice is 14 of the teams you would class as sort of, I know Walsall's not the north, but if you split it to north and south, Walsall would be the 14th team heading away from us. So it's a bit more northerly. Yeah. Mm. Uh, In terms of games to stand out, I've never been to Doncaster's ground yet. Uh So that'll be one for me. And I think a lot of folk are looking forward to AFC Wimbledon. What's chance of a a London weekender? It's a new ground as well. Obviously, AFC Wimbledon, Mm. we've not been to the new one. And it is literally like a short walk from the Wimbledon mainline station, mm. which is lovely news because, of, as you remember last time, Dan, the one <sighs> we went, we had a nightmare getting back from yeah, Kingston because yeah. the, the services were all off, weren't they? So, yeah, so yeah, that was not much fun at all that time. But, um, but yeah, that's one to look forward to. Salford obviously still playing at Moor Lane next season, aren't they? They've not moved to uh, the rugby league ground yet. That's probably going to be the season after, we think, although they've... Oh, Stockport. Stockport should be a good return. Oh, Stockport, yes, of course. We haven't been been there for quite a while, but Mm. yeah. Salford, interesting one. They've made a few redundancies recently, haven't they? So, interesting to see what's going on there. Um, But I'm like you. I've never been to Doncaster, so I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also looking forward to inevitably playing crew on either Boxing Day or New Year's Day, as always happens. Every every single bloody season we play them, but there you go. I don't think anyone's particularly looking forward to going back to Holger Street unless they've actually... uh, the, um, I've, I've still never been though, and uh, so I kind of need to tick it off. But obviously, well, when they're only giving away an allocation of six people, it's difficult tell you what, to go. Tell you what, it? Mike, you can have my ticket for that game because <laughs> I will not. <laughs> I will not be going to it. And uh, you, you can have my one for that one. Go on your own, and you can see what it's like. <laughs> to go there because it's it's not much fun but there you go okay with all that sorted then uh we'll we'll do the halftime break now we're back shortly to discuss your questions and a few little quiz questions as well i think that mike and dan have got lined up for as well so uh we're back in just a jiffy this is john mellish you listen to the brunt and bugle and we're back for the second half of the show. Just a reminder, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast via all good podcast apps, whether that's uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcasts. And if on any of those podcasts you can review the, the pod, we'd be really appreciative if you could give us a, a good review at the very least. And uh, it just helps people find the pod a bit easier, and that's really helpful for us. And obviously you can follow us on social media, uh, at Brunton Bugle on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. Just search for the Brunton Bugle and click like. And we're always posted on the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group and on the Cumbrians.net message board. And, of course, as I always say, the old-fashioned way, if you want to email us, bruntonbugle at gmail.com as well is a, another way of getting in contact. Um, right, so we're going to get on to your questions in a minute. But, um, Dan, I think you said you had a good quiz question for this week's episode. I think Mike has as well. So let's have yours first, Dan, then we'll have uh, Mike's. I can't remember what it was. Oh, typical. <laughs> but there you go. Because uh, I've had that many. I've, I've been starting to make notes and I can't remember which one it was. That's so slow, isn't it? That really. But there you go. Yeah. Uh, just just for listeners as well, if, if you're wondering why Dan's sound has gone a bit weird, a bit different, we've had a few technical gremlins <laughs> at the halfway <laughs> point in this week's uh, show. So we've had to find an alternative way to, to get Dan's recording. So I'm actually hanging upside down out my bedroom window. <laughs> With, with my iPad at a certain angle to catch the sun. Perfect, perfect. Mike, <laughs> what was your question then? What, do you, what do you, question did you have for us, for the listeners as well? Right, so during our head of recruitment, Greg Abbott's spell, spells as manager, 
we had 24 international footballers play for us. Some of them got their caps before they played for us. Some of them got their caps after they played for us. But there's 24 altogether. Who are they? Ooh, we'll have to come back to that one, won't we? Because uh, there's a few uh, yeah. internationals to mention in the X-Files section later for you, Dan, isn't there? So yeah, yeah. Some some of them may well even be in, in that bit there, possibly. We never know. Um, yeah. Right, well... Um, that's a really good question, that one. There must be a fair few in there. I'm trying to think off the top of my head right now. Uh, yeah, interesting. Um, right, well, let, let's get on to this. And so obviously no game to discuss. Sorry, put my teeth back in. No games to discuss at the moment. And news still being a bit thin. Uh, we've asked you to, a couple of weeks ago, to send us in your CFC-related questions for us to answer. Uh, you've responded with, I think it's fair to say, an eclectic ses- selection of questions. And we're now going to attempt to discuss them. Dan, you've put them together and you sort of categorised them, haven't you, really? So we're going to go through an order. Well, I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> you've tried to, indeed, yeah. So we're going to go through some of these first. So uh, first up, um, we'll talk about managers first, is the first section. So uh, Carl Byers asked him, us, and I do wonder if this was a appointed one trying to get uh, Dan to talk about... Um, although actually, to be fair, he said since Keith Carl, didn't he? So maybe he doesn't count as much. So he said... Uh, what is your honest opinion on all our managers since Keith Curl? So that would be, um, he's put Curl on the list, but we're not going to talk about Curl because yeah, we've talked yeah. about him enough times. So John Sheridan, um, Stephen Greenshoots, Presley, uh, Chris Beach, and um, Keith Millen. Obviously, Paul Simpson's in charge now. We don't really talk about how great he is. So, um, Mike, do you want to start? What's, what's your feelings on these? Any, any particular that stand out for you? Well, I think John Sheridan was wonderful, to be <laughs> to be honest. I know he's a bit uh, chalk and cheese with some people, but I think he was great. He, he said it exactly how it was. Um, it was really re- refreshing to hear. I think, you know, reading between the lines of some things that he said since he left the club, I think he was a bit scared, to be honest, because we were in a very good permission position for prom- promotion. And I think if we did get promotion, he knew that we just didn't have the right things in place to be a League One club. And he he took the offer at Chesterfield and that was that. I think with Sheridan, I think there's a few factors in why he left. Is One, Chesterfield's a lot closer to his home. He's managed him before. Two, they were offering him daft money to go manager in the National League. And three, I think he recognised a lot quicker than anywhere else that promises that yeah. those key loan players that we had on loan were going to stay for the rest of the season going to be signed up was a load of BS basically wasn't it? I think it? if he'd have stayed longer he would have ended up pinning Holdsworth against a wall and, and getting sapped to be honest with you well, we'd so, have paid a good uh, to see that. but I mean Dan I know you're a big I, I liked him as well to be fair. like I said he, yeah. he, he didn't mess around with what he said he was a good manager at that level and I think he'll do well with Oldham actually next season. I think he'll put together a half decent side for them, and they'll challenge for the playoffs at the very least in the National League. Dan, you were a big fan of his, weren't you? Yeah, uh, no, Don, no nonsense, last of a dying breed type of manager. To be quite honest, uh, some questionable uh, ideas, but uh, <laughs> he, he has his way, and it works for him. And he's he keeps getting jobs, so he must he must do something right. Yeah, and the thing is as well, once his team actually got together and started playing well, they, they were actually quite exciting to watch. He played some great football. We won like we seven on the bounce, didn't we? Something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah we were really flying, but uh, didn't actually quite work out in the end. So there you go, that, that's our thought on him. Stephen Presley. Dan, again, I think I think we... 
both you and me agree, nice bloke, probably with some quite good ideas, but really did not have the resource to do what he wanted to do, did he? And in the end, it, it made him look a bit silly, really, didn't it? Yeah, I think he was a bit of a victim of circumstance. Yeah, uh, he's a lovely bloke. I had a really good crack with him at uh, a manager's forum once. Uh, he had some good ideas. He had some cracking contacts. But he was in charge when the belt tightening was really happening. Yeah. Mm. And I think some of the players we got weren't the, the first, second, maybe even third choice player. I mean, Connor Simpson is a prime example. Of that, isn't it? Yeah. Easy, easy striker brought in to replace Jerry Yates, basically. Yeah. Well, that, that, that was also the season where he who shall not be named said that Yates, Naderson, etc. were all stopping yeah. and Sowerby and none of them did. So, you mm. know. Yeah, tells you, what, tells you what you need to know, doesn't it? But as well, he, he brought um, Hayden into the club, um, yeah. but he didn't really get the best out of him. And he brought Jack Ardell in, who's now a solid League One left back. Yeah. And again, didn't get the best out of him either. Well, so He used his contacts as well to get Callum O'Hare on loan for us. Yeah, and, it was yeah, brilliant. Look, look how well he's doing now. He, mm. he was on the stage at um, Radio One's Big Weekend in commentary the week, wasn't he? And stuff like that. And, but yeah, genuinely, I, when you look back at it, O'Hare was one of the most exciting loan signs in a long time. He was a really mm. good little player, but he was just unlucky in a team that was sort of on a little bit of a downward spiral at the point. And he probably wasn't helped by the fact that Jamie Devitt sort of had to play with an injury for the second half of that season, mostly. Um, yeah, it, it just kind of felt like... I think I'd agree with you, Dan. I think he had the rug pulled from him a little bit. I wonder if he was brought in on... I wonder if it was a case of either he was brought in on false pretenses or he knew that this was coming. He thought, well, I'm not going to get many other chances to manage in English football again. I might as well take it and see what I can do. And and it should be, it should be noted, he was the one who recognised that... Jared Branthwaite had the potential yeah. to be a really big player. And he, he said, didn't he, from the start? Well, not didn't say probably from the start, but he said to quite a few people, he'll play for England one day. He's that good. You know, recognise it. And I, I, I know there's a few people who are a bit snotty about that out there and say, oh, he didn't he, he didn't really rate it. It was someone else in the academy. No, it's nonsense. Because remember, me and you, Dan, well, you specifically spoke to him at Penrith in pre-season, didn't you? And he, he talked about how good Branthwaite was then, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He raved about him. Yeah, but I, I agree with you. And I, th- I think as well, he was a little hard done by for the timing of when he was sacked as well because we'd lost a, a trophy game, a meaningless mm. trophy game against Morecambe. But actually, we, we were starting to improve. We were getting a few results at that point. And it did seem a little bit, why are you doing this now when, you know, and bringing in, especially when you, you sack him to bringing him an unknown, basically. Obviously, we know who, we now know who, thanks to the f- recent fans forum, who was, the person who decided on Beach coming in. We'll talk about Beach in a sec, but but yeah, I, I, I feel, I don't know if you agree, Dan, I think he was hard done by by the timing of when he was sacked, maybe. Yeah, possibly, possibly. But it's probably uh, inevitable he was going to go, to be fair. Yeah, so. yeah. But there you go. Well, let's talk about Beach then, Mike. I mean, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because everyone will have those great memories that first half of the season mm. when we did so well, but you actually have to look at it for most of his spell. We weren't a particularly great side, were we? Well, I think in terms of his ability to spot a player, I think he's one of the best that we've had in, you know, the past 10 years or so, you know, um, really could find a player. But I think, and I, he's, 
a lot of managers have had this problem. Once the rot started, he just didn't have a clue how to change things and how to, how to get us out of that, that rut, really. With him, I feel he's a good coach. Mm. I mean, you look at it, what he did in terms of making Hayden into you know a real good quality lower league centre-back, mm. working on him, working on a couple of other players. I don't think he was a particularly great manager. Uh, we've heard more and more stories that his management style was not particularly great. I mean, it, it, I mean, when you hear him do his interviews as well, I don't think he was a particularly great speaker personally. I don't yeah. think he came across that great in a lot of his interviews. Now, with with, and people say with hindsight, but I'm pretty sure I said at the time I didn't really enjoy his post match interviews. I know it's a minor point, but but yeah, I mean, you only have to look at the way he handled the captaincy decision when Anderton left when the obvious decision was make Aaron Hayden your captain mm. and he decided to go with Guy and keep Hayden as vice captain and we know now from what we've heard that that did wind Hayden up a little bit he probably still would have left but he might have had a bit of a harder decision to make if he was captain and he'd just been appointed captain to then drop down to non-league level but maybe he thought well I'm not as well respected here and that's why he left um, Dan I think you've got quite Mixed feeling on on beach as well. I think looking back, he's a number two, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Uh, he probably deserved his chance as a manager, and it it started well. But when it did go bad, he just didn't have an answer, did he? No. There was there was no plan B or C. It was just, and I think he relied a little too much on he who won't be named. Contact. I'm not going to say contact. I would. <laughs> I, I wonder if he had contacts. Yeah. You know. Yeah. When I mean, you look, I mean, like the, the, the Dinsey signing. That's a, that's a prime mm. example. When, when Aaron Hayden was sold on the start of the season, he should have had it. any good manager. I mean, we heard Curl had it and Abba had it. When a player went, they had a list of players for each position and say, right, we'll go after him. And obviously, if you don't get him, you go for your second or your third choice. It felt to me like they had no one. They, they didn't even plan for the idea that Hayden might go. Yeah. They basically just went, "Oh shit, what do we do now?" And you end up with you know your, probably your seventh or eighth choice signing. You know, a lad who, who's, you know, he's probably going to be end up playing National League South next season if he's still playing at all. If he's lucky, yeah, he's, he's not good enough. So I'd agree with you. I, I, I wonder. He just had that purple patch where everything went right. On the other side, you look at it. We didn't actually play that well. Like you said, he could spot a decent player, and I think he's probably an okay coach. But as a number one, not not sold on the idea at all, and that that was, you know, he who shall not be named's making really, wasn't it? He was the mm. one who basically went to the board say he's getting the job, and I, I couldn't believe that when Nigel revealed that in the, uh, yeah, you know, he revealed that in the fans forum, didn't he? And basically said, I, I first I knew was was when it was announced, so. Yeah, quite incredible, but there you go. Uh, not, sorry, not when he was announced, but when he was told that he's going to be getting the job, basically. So there you go. Um, right, next question. What have we got up next? That's Millen as well. Oh, sorry, Millen. God, mm. Trying to forget that. Thank you very much <laughs> for that, Mike. There you go. Uh, well, go on then, Mike. What are your thoughts on him? Keep it brief. Yeah, well, because th- we had a little bit of a revival with him, didn't we? But at the end of the day, he just didn't have a clue about League Two. Uh and with hindsight, I can't believe we ever thought that it could have worked. Really, it just—it was—it was never going to work out, was it? You do wonder if he's getting the job, 
who the hell were the other candidates? Because again, from the fans forum, it seemed to emerge that actually the quality of candidate that were put forward to the board on that occasion was pretty dire by the sounds mm. of things. It wasn't it wasn't good at all. Again, Dan, I think you're, you're, you're in agreement, aren't you, basically, that just didn't, it was just a weird, weird appointment, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, like we said at the time, it was left field, it came from nowhere. Uh, we're not, well, we, we know where it sort of came from now. And again, I think uh, the Palace lads we spoke to from their pod and people I know at Palace that spoke highly of him and I think he's just one of them who's better as a number two. Mm-hmm. You know, more a training ground man. Uh, you know, let's be honest, our recruitment was bizarre. Yeah. You know, it was very uh, scattergun, I think would be the word. Yeah, it 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 didn't fit. It, it, the, the the news emerging on how much we spent on agents mm. last season was quite revealing. I think it had gone up and yeah, the, the we don't was... we don't spend money on agents. I'm <laughs> saying. Yes, I believe that was the uh, what they said, wasn't it? But um, but yeah, I, I'd agree with you. I, I just look back at it now, you just think, what on earth was was the thinking there? Mm. It did not make any sense at all, did it? It was. Very strange indeed. Um, right, well, a quick one here from Nick Blando, uh, in terms of the managers, this is the second one here. Um, would you rather have Michael Knighton back involved the club or... Hmm. See, I can't say his name, so I've got the sound ready on this occasion to actually put it in. But uh, go on, Dan, you, you go first on this one. Who would you rather have? Michael Knighton, end of answer. Yeah, I, I, I'm in 100% in agreement with that. <laughs> Mike, obviously, Michael Knighton was a... You were sort of started going to games sort of just towards the end of his time in charge, yeah. I think, to remember. Well, so, I mean, it's it's like been asked if you'd rather have syphilis or gonorrhea, isn't it, really? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'd probably go Knighton as well. Which of those diseases has more charisma? <laughs> That's the question. And Michael Knighton, for all his faults, has charisma coming out of his, uh, his orifices or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, it, 100% Michael Knighton, just because, just yeah, he, he could be entertaining. As much as he nearly killed the club, but um, but there you go. Right, players, players are the next bit. Um, Chris from Be Just and Fair Not, he said, pick your five players, past and present, for the ultimate penalty shootout, and also a keeper to be the one saving the penalties. Mike, do you want to go first on this one? Uh, keeper for me, Matty Glennon, um, oh. and to take them, uh, Ian Hart, Chris Lumsden. Um, ooh. It's a good one, isn't it? Uh, I'm trying to think. Because in more recent years, we haven't actually had that many penalties. Uh, James Barrett always took a good penalty. Um, I remember in that older shot game, Chris Billy smashed it top corner. And uh, Alex McQueen as well. <laughs> You've missed some good, very obvious ones from recent times there. I'm quite really surprised. But an uh, interesting choice there. Dan, what are you going for? Uh, in goal, I'm going to put Tony Cake because he oh, won yeah. us the 97 windscreen shield. Yeah. Uh, five, uh, Danny Granger. Ah, mm-hmm. of course, yeah. Uh, Ian Hart would obviously be in there. Sticking with left backs, I'd also put Owen Archdeacon in there. Good shout. Uh, I need a couple of strikers. I can't just pick left backs, can I? Uh, a couple of strikers, people I always relied on: Ian Stevens and Mally Poskett. That'd be me. Does Stevens actually take a penalty for us? No, but he'd score. He'd score them all the time because he's the best. Uh, <laughs> of course he would. Of 
Answered. Um, oh, interesting choices there. I'm going to go for a different keeper from you two as well. I'm going to go for Adam Collin. I'm genuinely surprised that neither of you mentioned him. I totally get Tony Cage. Glennon obviously has got that famous bloody shit as well. I guess so that's fair enough. But um, well, not just the shootout with Glennon, but he, he, I'd always back him every single time. Yeah, thing with Colin, Colin interestingly doesn't have a great record with penalties in normal time in like actual games, but shootouts his record is like incredible when you look at it. Um, yeah, so I go with Colin for goalkeeper. Um, in terms of my takers, Danny Granger obviously, Ian Hart is a previously been mentioned um i'd put jamie devitt in there i mean a very good penalty mm. take it took quite a few for us he was pretty decent um i'd have richie foreign as well he had a pretty good penalty taking record for us uh and the last one i think i tempted to go for james barrett as well because he was pretty good um you know what? i'm gonna go for mcqueen as well as you like just just to see if he can actually put it in the top corner again as he did surprised I was the only one who picked Lumsden because he had a very good record. He did actually, yeah. It's a, it's a very fair point that maybe he'd be, he'd be my sudden death player, I think, possibly. But uh, but there you go. So that, that's our penalty shootout one. Interesting to hear what other people's thoughts are on that one. Actually, that might be one to open up to the to listeners to send us in their suggestions. Um, next one's from uh, our good friend Nick Brown. Uh, this is a belting one. This one, I, I love this question. He said. With you all pretty much agreeing Zach Clough was going to be the second coming of Jesus, who are the permanent signings you've been most excited about who've ended up being absolutely shite? <laughs> so, it's a great question, this. Well, uh, I, mean, I can already answer Dan's, and that's Alex Marrow. <laughs> well, no. Go. Oh, no. Go on, go on Dan, oh. what are you going with? King Richard Offion. Oh, oh, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a good shot. Mm. he was a really good player at Hamilton. Mm. And something just went with him personally. Uh, it just didn't happen here. I remember talking to Greg Abbott at a manager's forum, and he said the lad just someone someone switched off inside. He yeah. he was sent on loan somewhere, and not many people know this. He was actually sent back because they just couldn't work him out. He, he had a trial in China with a club. I remember this because I was at the club at the time and it just did not work out for him, it's fair to say. And at that point, I think the club were just a bit, a bit exasperated of like, what do we actually do with him? He, he's not been as good as we'd hope. It's not working out. Just a really, really strange one, that one, I think it's fair to say. So, it, it was the yeah. fact as well with Offiong, like the team that we had, we were just crying out for a striker and that would have completed it. And we spent the money on him and he was like the final piece of the puzzle. And like you say, it just didn't work out. Yeah. Mm. And I think he left football not long after his spell with yeah. us, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I was about to say. Yeah, good, good shot that one, Dan. Uh, Mike, what are you going for? Um, it's tough, isn't it? Um, I mean, Zach Clough is probably the pinnacle of, of these players. Mm. Um, I mean, I was very excited with Tristan Abrams as well last summer. And... Yeah, that proved to be wrong as well. Um, I mean, you, there's also like a flip side of this, isn't there? There's been players that we've been underwhelmed to have signed who have been brilliant for us. Um, yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone beats Clough, to be honest. No, he certainly agrees. He's not one that really uh, really excelled that well. I mean, a couple I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, I remember being quite excited when we signed Josh Gowling. 
being how impressed he yeah, was for Bournemouth against us. I thought he could be, you know, the player coming in and really making a difference, giving us that extra bit of, you know, a younger player who could really make a difference in defence. And he was just bloody awful. Mm. No interest at all, really. He, he clearly wasn't happy. Strange, strange signing in the end. And, um, yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, I, I'm struggling to think of any others, really. I think Richie Bennett, maybe, because he'd he done so well at Barrow and he scored some spectacular goals. And I wouldn't say he was absolutely shite, though. That's the problem. I think he did okay. But because we'd paid a fee for him, I think people were expecting a lot more from him as a player, maybe. Shout um, out to Eric Gates. Yeah, well, you're going back a bit there, aren't you? I think it's fair yeah. to say. Um, I, th- yeah. I think when, when when you look back as you're older, Gates was actually too good for us. Yeah. That's how bad we were. Yeah. It was just our general shiteness made him look bad. Yeah, when you look, when you, I've got some clips from that season. I've got the highlights video somewhere saved on my computer. Oh, there's a great one. Go on. Clive Allen. Yeah, it's a strange one that he was just towards in, and to be fair, at least he probably, he he was the one honest enough to himself to say, wasn't he? Look, this isn't working yeah, out. This isn't yeah. right. And he basically just walked away, didn't he? In the end, so yeah. And another one for me would be Ben Williams because remember we lost Westwood, and Williams yeah. always looked good playing against us for Crew, and I thought, oh, he could be a decent replacement but he was absolutely awful for us apart from that game away at Leicester he was shocking yeah towards the end of that season he played okay he had a few decent games but mm. beyond that he didn't do as much um, yeah the thing is it, 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 it's got to be a player who's really really exciting isn't it so I think the ones I've picked are probably as good as you're going to get I think Off Young's a great shot Dan I think I'd, mm. I'd agree with that I thought yes this is like the, the missing piece of the jigsaw and it, it just never really worked out with him I suppose and Maybe Daddy Kadamashi, but even he had a couple of decent games in his spell. But um, I was cynical of Kadamashi when he signed. Yeah. To be honest, I think in, his injury record straight away mm. set a bit of few alarm bells, didn't it? So, so there you go. But I, actually, looking back, the, the, the summer of uh, twenty fourteen fifteen, you mentioned Alex Parrow before, but there was three or four players actually that summer that really didn't do anywhere near as well as we'd hoped. Really Mark Summerbell would be a good shout. Yeah, Mark Summer mm. wasn't quite... I mean, that, was he absolute shite or was he just... I don't know. There, was, Kearns, there was reasons why he was bad, though. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. Danny Cairns, obviously signed that summer, 14-15. Mm. Really excited about him because I've seen how good he was at Peterborough. And again, big, big letdown, wasn't he? He just mm. didn't do well at all. Um yeah, so that's that's those on side. Uh, Nick, let us know what yours are. I'm sure you've got a list of plenty, Nick. You know, <laughs> know what you like. Um, so uh, next up, Craig Mattinson. Uh, he asked, uh, in terms of opposing players, the best keeper, defender, midfielder and striker we have faced. Each player must have been seen live and from the league we play in. Um, he's given us his striker. Pain in the ass, but it has to be Trundle. Um I mean, technically, we did actually play against them in this league, didn't we? I suppose. I suppose. Oh no, what he means, we have to be in the same league as them. I think. Yeah. yeah so it could means, it so. could have been when we were, uh, you in know, league, league one, one or yeah. championship yeah. even for me for a year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, he, okay, Dan, do you want to go first on this? It's really, really hard. This one, I, I think Trundle's definitely up there. That yeah. the lad had talent, didn't he? Uh, last couple of years, Wes Hula hands up there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oof. Oof, oof. I'd have to have a think about this and tell you next time because there's so many. 
Mm. It's a tough one, isn't it? Um, mm. In terms of striker, I'll give a shout out to uh, Bobby Earnshaw for Cardiff. Mm. He, I, I seem to remember it was, tw- was it 2000, 2001 when he was just breaking through. I, I might have imagined this the men. I'm fairly sure he played for Cardiff against us last season and he was. I have to double check this now and make sure I'm not make, making this up in my head. Um, but he's the only player to have, I think, scored a hat trick in like Conference League Two, League One, Championship, Premier League, and International, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's got an incredible record. Yeah, yeah, he was he was at Cardiff back then, and yeah, he mm. was. I just yeah, I just seem to remember it was a game down actually down at Ninian Park, probably the last time we played at Ninian Park, which. Was not a place to go for the faint-hearted, was it, Dan? I think it's fair to say. No. Um, and he was phenomenal. He tore us apart. I remember that. He, again, I'd, I'd agree with you with Trundle as well. He was excellent. Um, midfielder-wise, I mean, there's a few. It, it, the ones you always remember, the ones who sometimes are quite experienced, players, but they like, like Hulam, they generally just sit there and they just spray it about. Mm. And they've got this incredible ability to do it, isn't it? That, that's the, the thing that stands out there. I think best midfielder for me was Andy Robinson. Um, That's a good shout. Really good shout. He played. I think he scored a hat trick at Brunton Park. Yeah, and he he was. That was one of the best opposition performances I've ever seen. I've got one I want to give, but I can't technically give it because we were League Two and they were League One at the time. But Jason Coomis for Tranmere, you remember that FA Cup game down that we were both at, and he just ripped us apart that day. He was. Well, that that counts because we watched him. Well, no, because he wasn't in the same division as us. That was one of the stipulates. Ah, but we have played against it. But yeah, there you are. You can't. If it's one <laughs> division, I think it's fine. But there you go. We'll have to have a good think about that one, Craig. It's a tough one. We need to actually sit down and actually go through the games we've been to and try and remember who was playing in those games. Um, okay, up next, grounds. So uh, first up, uh, our good friend, Greg Bullman. He's asked, money no object. You can do one upgrade slash alterations of Brunton Park. What would it be? Mike, what would you do first? Well, if money is truly no object, yeah. I'd build like an 80-metre wall all around it so it can't flood. <laughs> an 80-metre wall around it, but you basically basically make sure that every place around the ground does get flooded. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, Dan, what are you going for? Uh, I would build a new main stand. Okay. Proper two tier with a middle floor for boxes and all that sort of stuff. I'd maybe even keep terracing on the bottom tier. Uh, like safe standing. Yeah, yeah. I mm. I always look at that double tier stand at Wickham and think a bigger version of that would be good. Yeah, it's not a bad shot, that to be fair. Mm. Interesting. Um Personally, I, that's, I don't agree with you. I probably would build a new main stand. I'd build a new main stand and make sure that the basically most of the ground floor section, at least the northern side of it, sorry, the, the northern the southern side of it, sorry, is just is a, is a big open sort of bar basically, so the fans can go drink in there. And if you saw recently, uh, um, what's his name, Andy Holt, the owner of Akron, suddenly put up some videos of their new bar. At their ground, it looks fantastic. And if you yeah. imagine if you had something like that at Brunton Park, you'd be down there every match before the games, definitely. So yeah, that that's what I do. I'd, it's difficult to go into too much more detail, but I'd agree with Dan. I think I'd, I'd build a new main stand, basically, and do it two-tier as well. Um, 
Nooks there. I'm looking through these. I'm Lewis Ridley sent in two, but I'm going to actually um, take the second one he sent in. Uh, he said, I saw this other day, and it was a picture of the Halifax away end, which is a big open terrace. Um, it's got a roof on it, though. Uh, he said, what is the best away end in the Football League? Dan. There's none that stand out to me. Hmm. I'm just I'm just looking through in our league next season. You can maybe give a shout to Tranmere. Mm. Salford was small, but you can make a bit of noise. Uh... I don't like Cruz because Cruz is because you're alongside the pitch in that small yeah. stand. It's just a bit yeah. weird. For me, I think you want to be behind the goal for a good away end, and you want a roof as well. <laughs> We yeah. don't ask for much, but behind the goal and a roof. That said, uh, the the away end at Rochdale's not too bad. Rochdale's not too first, bad. Uh, Doncaster, the pitch. Be, Doncaster should be all right. Yeah. Um, it Walsall's Wimble, not too well, though. There's some posts there. will be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see what that's going to be like. Um, Doncaster is one of them where if you're on the first couple of rows, you're like below pitch level. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I mean, Bradford was quite cramped in that concourse. I didn't like that at all. That that, that wasn't something mm. I was overly keen on. Uh, I think we're all in agreement that Barrow is definitely not <laughs> one of the better ones. Um, I, I'd, pr- I'd probably side with Tranmere, to be honest. Yeah, but, in our division at least, definitely. I'm yeah. trying to think. In terms of the divisions above, I'm trying, off the top of my head, I can't really think of which ones they are. I quite like Morecambe's as an away end. I don't like the, the bit mm. behind in terms of the concourse area, but generally it's actually not too bad. So, uh, so there you go. So generally off the top of our heads, they're the ones we can think of really. I'm sure there's others if, if we actually had a good look through them. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll look through that. Um, in terms of that, I mean, fine, we'll do a final question. What we're going to do, we've got so many questions, we're going to split it up and do the rest in the uh, fixtures uh, release episode. Um Final question from the grounds one is um, Ross Parkinson has asked us to rank League 2 away days. Now, we're not going to go through all of them, but let's pick one or two like of the best ones and two of the worst ones, something like that each. So, Mike, you've obviously not probably not been to as many as us, so you can quickly go through the ones you like and which ones you're not. Um, on. Of the current crop, I would say that, well, because I'm inclined to say that crew is a good away day, but it, like you said before, it seems we always get it on like Boxing Day, New Year's Day when there's no trains running. If you can get the train to crew, it's great. If you can't, then... Get in there, it's great, but there's actually not that much near the ground, really. It's a bit... Oh, no, there isn't, but... It's a little bit depressing, but... Uh, yeah, but yeah but... No, in terms of getting there, it's easy, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, um, late in Orient, I'd say. Um, and... I'll fuck... I'd, I'd, I'd say Hartlepool, you know. I think yeah. that yeah, there's always. I'm not going to call it a rivalry, but there's always a little bit of something more when we play them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd say Leighton Orient and and Hartlepool for sort of two different reasons. And your two two bad ones. Two, uh, two bad ones. Sutton was uh, awful, um, <laughs> and I haven't even been. But from everything I've seen about Barrow, it's just them. <laughs> yeah. Yep, there you go. Dan, what are you going for? Uh, Rochdale's always up there. Yes. Everyone loves it. Yes, it's easy to get to. It is a distance from the station, but pubs are good. We always take a few. Good food nearby. Uh, I'm going to back Mike up with Leighton Orient. Everyone loves uh, Leighton Orient for a, a London game. Uh, folks seem to like Tranmere as well. Yeah, Tranmere's Tranmere not a bad seems one. popular. 
Uh, horrid ones. Uh, Colchester, middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I've not done it yet. I need to do it, but I'm in no rush to do it. No. And <sighs> Gillingham because of that away end. Yeah, not, not much to argue with that one. I mean, for, for my best ones, I'm going to complete the, the, the set. Lane Orient, 100%. Great day yeah. out. Pretty easy to get to on the tube once you got into central London. Great pubs nearby. Good crack. Never any bother. Pretty decent view as well from that stand alongside the pitch. No arguments at all from me on that one. Uh, other ones that I like... Um, Bradford was a decent day out, and the view from the stand actually was pretty good, to be fair, from that stand alongside the pitch. Can't really argue too much there. I'm looking forward to AFC Wimbledon. I, I, whether it's going to be good or not, I don't know yet, but it's one I like. Um, i trying to look all the others. Um, Rochdale, I wouldn't disagree with you on that one, Dan, to be fair. And Tramere, both of them pretty good days out. The Rotters, I mean, Barrow, I've already said it before. Just That stand just ruins the day out. Actually, as a town, for going for a few drinks, it wasn't too bad. I mean... The police escort was a pain in the backside, but to be expected. Um, other ones are bad. Colchester, I gave you there, Dan. Just three and a half miles from the town centre. It's just ridiculous. It's too much. Um, uh, what else? Gillingham. Yeah, Gillingham. 100% agree. Gillingham's a, just a dump of a town. I'm sorry if there's any Gillingham fans happening to be listening, but it just is. And that away end is shocking. And then, as you mentioned, Mike Sutton wasn't great in terms of it was quite far from where all the pubs were and obviously the the stand behind the goal wasn't great although they, they have already started knocking that down so I think it probably will be better come next season at least anyway um, and yeah so that, that, that that's my thought in terms of those ones so um, I think that pretty much sums it up in terms of the questions this week we're going to save the other ones we've got some games and opponents ones and some sort of random ones as well uh, thrown in um, interesting one. One question. We'll do, I'll just drop in now. It was a question asking us: Have we ever met Carl United players in weird locations or circumstances? So we're going to. Well, we've got a plan up. for this one, haven't we? We have. We're opening this up for you. you. Can you please send us in details of weird encounters you've had with Carl United players away from Brunton Park or Carlisle, basically? So you're looking somewhere completely random. You've so got about for us. Have you met week. Jabo in Jakarta? Yes. <laughs> or Dino at Disneyland. Yes. I know someone who has met Dino at Disneyland. Either Dino at Disneyland or was someone else, I can't remember, but I remember someone say, saying about meeting a Cali United player at Disneyland. Definitely I remember. Ronnie Walwork on B Wing of Strange. <laughs> yeah, most likely one. But there you go. Mike, you've got a good one for us about Sean O'Hallan for that. We'll save that for the next episode. Yeah. Think, basically, that's a that's a, a belting one. There you go. Um, okay, so for all the questions on there, we've got one more section to do, and that is the X-File section. So, Dan, away you go. To, it's a busy one this week in terms of transfers, promotions, internationals, management coaches, and one little bit of other news as well. So plenty to fit in. Yeah, quite a busy one. Uh, transfers and contracts. Uh, Calvin Meller obviously has left Carlisle and has returned to Crew on a one-year deal. Uh, Hartlepool released uh, Olamola and Martin Smith, while Jordan Cook was offered a new deal by the club. Uh, Gary Liddle turned down his offer, but he's now signed for South Shields. Now, South Shields are one of these clubs that are properly on the up. They get they get crowds of like over two thousand, and they've got a good little stadium and setup and etc. Uh, Zach Clough has got a new two year deal with Adelaide United. Uh, made the Sky Sports News ticker that one. 
Uh, Gavin Riley has went back to Queen of the South on a two-year contract. That'll suit him, living just at Gretna. And former YTS player Liam Brockbank, uh, who was also at Reds, I think, uh, he was played overseas and all in the running for it at Lancaster City, and he's uh, now joined Altrinham, who are obviously uh, National League, so he seems to be uh, kicking on. Uh, one piece of trophy news, Byron Webster, captain Bromley to the FA Trophy success at Wembley. Uh, he's also been offered a new deal off the back of all that. Uh, management and coaches, uh, Billy Payne to step down from his role at Port Vale's Academy, and Dean Holdsworth, not Holdsworth, appointed joint manager of Stamford Town in the Southern League Premier Division Central. So not the greatest of heights, but uh, uh, others, uh, Aaron Hayden and Paddy Madden, both named in the National League Team of the Season. And then we've got a, we've got a bit of a bumper international roundup. Uh, James Trafford uh, was on the bench for England under-21s, two European qualifiers. Uh, James Brown, we've mentioned him, he's made the Malta squad before, but he's actually finally made his debut now in a 1-0 defeat to Venezuela. <sighs> Christ, I love an, a random friendly like that. Uh, Alex McQueen played for Grenada in fixtures against El Salvador, scored in the first game. Reggie Lamb played in two fixtures for Bermuda, and he, he was also made captain and became Bermuda's highest ever capped international with i think it was 44 caps uh brandon comley played for montserrat in defeats to guyana and haiti uh bastian herry played for madagascar against ghana in a defeat he was only on the bench against angola and that's it Yep. Cheers, Dan. Thanks for rounding all those up. It's certainly a busy week in terms of all that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm sure it'll be busy in the next episode as well because you'll have a lot of players signing for clubs as well. Um, I'm sure Joe Riley will finally reveal where he's going to. Um, definitely not Walsall, of course. Um, <laughs> we'll have to see on that one. Interestingly, um, Simon Weaver revealed that they're not interested at Harrogate uh, in Rock, Rod McDonald. So the rumours on that one turned out to be nonsense. Um so yeah, well, thanks once again to the London Branch for sponsoring the pod. Always very much appreciated. Uh, in terms of upcoming episodes, um, the next full episode is probably going to be the fixture release uh, day one, which is on the Thursday, the 23rd of June, is when the fixtures come out. So if the Friday morning, there will be an episode where we'll review that. Uh, we'll do any other sort of transfer news that will probably be confirmed by then. And we'll, of course, uh, answer the rest of your questions. If you want to send in a few more questions, feel free to do so. We'll, we'll pick out the best ones we can. Um there's, there's my question as well, the answer. Oh, the answers. yes, God. So, um, Dan, if you've got time now, because I know you're in a hurry, do we want to throw out a few names there quickly and see if we can try and think of the internationals? Ian Hart. If you, if you want me to make it easy, right. So there is uh, Republic of Ireland. Right, we'll go by country. So for the Republic of Ireland, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight? For the Republic, yeah. Wow. Way more than I thought. Well, Ian straight, Hart. Richard Keogh. Uh, yep. Kieran Westwood. Yep. yep. Rory Delap. No. Uh, no. <laughs> you go back a bit too far now. Yeah. Um, oh, who would the other ones be? Um, Graham Kavanagh. Yep. Completely forgot that he was a uh, part of that as well. Um, uh, James Barrett never played full international for Ireland. Peter Murphy. Peter, Peter Murphy, Peter yes. Murphy, yep. Good shout. Um so how many can, I, can I can I go to Northern Ireland? Corey Evans? Uh, yeah. Joe Dudgeon? 
Uh, Joe Dudgeon didn't get a full cap. Did he not? I no. thought he did. O- Oliver no. Norwood? Oliver yeah, Norwood did show. for Northern good Ireland, show. yeah. There you go. So, we... so the other Republic of Ireland ones that you've missed yeah. were um, Paddy Madden got one oh, cap. Of course. Uh, Harry Arter and yes. Stephen O'Halloran. Oh, you know, Stephen O'Halloran was the same time as Murphy, wasn't he, I think? They both played in either the same game or the same game mm. on that little tour of the USA they did there. So that's um, the eight for them. And then how many Northern Irish were there? Just the two? Uh, so just the two for Northern Ireland. Uh, there's three for Scotland. Uh, hang on. Uh, Frank Simek, USA. Yeah, Frank Simek, USA. Yeah, just when uh, Lee mentioned United States, I popped in my head. Mackie Wells, Bermuda. Yeah. Lee Millif was one of the Scotland ones. Yeah. Oh, who would the other ones be? I'm trying to think off the top of my head now. Oh, One of them you'll kick yourself, but you won't think of him as Scottish. Scott Toby. Yeah. I knew there was the one. I can't, I can't think of who the other one is. Can you think, Dan? Um, just, I've just had an idea in my head, and I can't think if he did or not. Go he's, on, have it. He's it. still playing. He's still playing in the Premier League as well. Oh, Liam Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah Netherlands, there's one. Tim oh, Krull. Easy on yeah. that one. <laughs> um, Wales, there is one, two, three, James four. Chester. Yeah, yeah. James Chester. Uh, Christian Ribeiro. Yeah. Star of Homes Under the Hammer. Um, uh, who would the other ones be? Wales. Give us some clues. Go on. Um, one of them had an afro. Oh, Jason Price. Jason Price. Price. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> One of them, I think, was it? He was a striker, but I think he played centre back for one game for us as well. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, Gareth Taylor. Yeah, that's the one. Um, there's one for Trinidad and Tobago. Chris Birchall. Yeah, yeah, there's one for Slovakia. Oh, Lubo. <laughs> when did there's you get one, that one early? <laughs> yeah, there's one for Guadeloupe. Oh, no. Cominges? Yeah. Yes. And there's one for the Central African Republic. Gabassian. Gabassian, yep. yes. Well, so that's, that's the full list, is it? Well, yeah. brilliant stuff. So if anyone who's managed to get all them, I applaud you, because there was a couple there that even tripped us up. So there you go. So yeah, uh, in terms of the next episode, as we mentioned there, we've got one on fixtures release day. We've also got a couple of specials lined up, including we're finally going to sort out an interview with a Blues legend. And, a re- and really, legend you know, is a word that's you know bounded about quite often, isn't it, about players, but this lad really is a legend and he and he still loves the club as well so he will be a, a, a belting person to chat to i'm not going to reveal who it is you can probably all guess who it is i think it's fair to say although you might if you know me you know the fact that i which kind of plays i love there's probably one or two one of two players you'll guess We've, we we may well have both of them lined up for interviews at some point soon but you'll have to wait and see um that's it then thanks once again for joining me lads thanks mike thanks dan Cheers. Up the blues. Yep. That's it for this week's episode. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks for a full episode. Uh, Until then, enjoy your summer and up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues.